Hello, welcome back Hi. to the Castro Files. How are you doing tonight, honey? I'm great. How are you? Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. We're back after a little bit of a break. Yep. We had some stuff going on. Go over to the other to the bars open and check that out and see what's happening. Yeah. If you would like. But in the meantime, while we kick this show off, we're gonna yes. have a handful of shows coming out in the next few weeks as yep. well. So we're gonna be recording a lot. Yay. We're back in the studio, as we say. Back on the horse. Back on the horse. Right. There you go. I think that's Absolutely. So first, foremost, thank you so much again for joining. Go out, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Hit the share button. Do all of that good stuff. Do it. What do you say? Sharing is caring. There you go. Sharing is caring. I don't even know where that came from. (laughs) But also hit, go out to uh, the Castro Files Instagram. You'll find all the all the photos from the shows that Mm -hmm. we post and all that good stuff. And then also we post this out to we it goes out to all the audio channels you can imagine. So iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Amazon Music, you can find them pretty much anywhere. So, with that... Don't forget. Swag. I almost forgot the swag, and I I was just told two minutes before we started this to go out, check out the the website. It's out of Minor League Studios. Turn a little so they can see your shirt. Oh, here's one of the shirts. Here's one of the shirts. It's got the alien the Castro Files. It's my favorite shirt I've got I got that um, on a wine tumbler. tumbler. Yep, so you can check those Um, out. We've got... Uh, pink alien. Yep. It's and really it, we've got the ones, the big, big 30 ounce like kind of like that. Or, yeah. We've got shirts, we've got hats, we've got all sorts of good stuff. Oh, so cool you can go stuff. Out check that check out. It out. Yeah. And let us know what you think. If you Where have did they go for that? To minor league studios forward slash the Castro files. So you can find them out there. So minor league studios.com. All right. So we're going to jump right in. Yes. And Beth's got a story. To I do. Hey, I'm kind of gonna... following your lead on uh, disappearances nice. in um, the woods. Okay. So this is from a book called Don't Go in the Woods, True Stories of Materi- Mysterious Disappearances in the Woods by um, Steph Young. Steph Young. Yeah. So this one is called The Supernatural Rescue. Um, so it gives okay. a couple, couple examples of some instances. So it'll start with one instant, uh, one instance and then kind of end with another. Okay. So, um, well, let's get All started. right, let's get into it. So, again, it's called The Supernatural Rescue. On June 6th, 1994, Christine Scubbish and her three-year-old Nick, son Nick set off from her parents' home in Sacramento to embark on a drive to Carson City in Nevada, where Nick's father lived. Christine was a part-time waitress and had just qualified as a paralegal. It was said that she was hoping to start a new life with Nick's father. So off they set with her 1991 Hyundai packed with all their belongings, although Christine didn't seem to have packed food and drinks for the journey, as well as we will later learn. Christine apparently planned to stop off to see friends briefly along the way before carrying on to Nick's father's home. Their journey took a new life ter- uh, I'm sorry, their journey to a new life took them along Highway 50 through the wilderness of the Sierra Nevada mountains once a place where highwaymen roamed to rob stagecoaches in the remote hills and woods. Christine and her son, though, would never make it to Nick's father's, and so would begin a mysterious tale in which, for a while, it appeared that Christine and her son had vanished entirely. Having left their home in Garden Valley, sometime later they stopped for gas at Placerville Shale Garage, where Christine's mother did not receive the telephone call she'd been expecting from her daughter to tell them they had arrived safely, her mother contacted the authorities and a search for Christine's car began. But it was all to no avail. Meanwhile, a lady named Deborah Hoyt, 45 miles west of Placerville in Sacramento, visiting relatives when she woke up in the middle of the night. 
That's where it kind of gets kind of cool. She had a disturbing dream, which gave her a compelling feeling that she must drive along Highway 50. It felt like there was something pulling me up the mountain, she later said. In a panic, she woke her husband and told him they must go now, even though she hated driving at nighttime and did not like driving along Highway 50 at all. Her husband tried to persuade her to wait until morning, but she was adamant that they must go now. So they set out in the darkness along Highway 50. Sometime later, Deborah suddenly told her husband to stop the car. It was impossible for Deborah to know it, but it would turn out that it's turn out that this was the exact spot from which Christine and her son had vanished. No one knew that at the time, though. Deborah didn't know she'd been asleep in bed and she'd never even heard of Christine. But what caused Deborah to stop their car at the exact spot of Christine and her son's disappearance was almost beyond belief. As the car had made its way in the dark along the winding bullion bend, she would later explain to the newspaper that she and her husband had suddenly saw, seen a figure in front of them, lit up by the headlights. The figure appeared to be a naked woman laying down in the road. Thinking at first it might be a mannequin or someone playing a joke on them, perhaps trying to lure them out of the car to commit a crime upon them, they nervously stopped the car, and on closer inspection, they realized it was not a mannequin. It was a woman who was very much dead. They got back in their car in the dreadful shock and drove to the nearest garage to find a payphone and call the sheriff's office. At 3 a.m., the official statement said the El Dorado Sheriff's Department heard from the South Lake Tahoe couple, described by officers as level-headed, who reported a nude woman on the highway shoulder. A deputy, assisted by two California Highway Patrol officers, uh, went out and searched the stretch of road. But El Dorado County Sheriff Howard Wilson said, there was nothing there to indicate an accident, no skid marks or anything. And more importantly, there was no woman. All the police could see was an empty road. As for Deborah Hoyt, she implored them. She and her husband had seen a naked dead woman on the road and they had not imagined it. She insisted that it was there. The officers were nonplussed and shortly left the scene. They just didn't believe her. I mean, there's nothing there. There was nothing there's there. There's no, no skid marks that they off didn't, the road. They, or... didn't be- they did not believe her, but there was just no nothing. Evidence. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little later, and nothing to do with the sheriffs who had responded to Deborah's call, a local deputy sheriff called or named Rich Stacer found he could not stop thinking about the missing report he'd heard and Deborah's strange story, too. And out of curiosity, he decided to drive up the road to take a look. When he reached Bullion Bend, he began to walk along it. He couldn't. He couldn't see a dead naked woman either, but what he did see was a single child-sized shoe. When he peered over the steep embankment behind the shoe, to his horror, he saw a wrecked, a wrecked car lying in the grassy dip with its roof torn off. Quickly, he scaled down the embankment and peered inside the vehicle. He saw the body of a woman still trapped in her seatbelt with the seat, uh, still trapped in her seatbelt in the driver's seat. He could clearly see she was dead. He looked in the back seat and he saw a tiny child curled into a fetal position. It was a little boy and he was naked. His clothes were piled neatly beside him. He was also dead, or at least that's what Strasser thought, until he leant over the child's body and called out to him. To his utter surprise, he heard a sound. Later, Strasser said, until I was right on top of him, searching for vital signs, I believed him to be dead. But when Strasser called out to the boy, the little boy replied with a sigh. Stressor saw he Stressor said he saw no signs that the little boy had access to food or drink in the five days following the accident. So it's been five days. Five days. The deputy said the impact was enough to kill to toss Nick's shoe onto the hot side of the highway. So that's how he found the shoe was 
yeah. the impact of the accident. The car had plummeted 40 feet down to a steep embankment. Placerville Mountain Democrat reported the accident was enough to kill an occupant in the vehicle, so it was a miracle he'd survived. Mm-hmm. After deputy after Deputy Sheriff Strasser found the boy in the back of the car, the emergency services were called, and the little boy was taken to the hospital. He was suffering from hypothermia and dehydration. After being in the car for five days without food and water, yet unexpectedly, he had no actual injuries from the crash that had killed his mother almost instantly. It seemed impossible that the child could have survived such a crash, as the vehicle had careened off the highway to speed and crashed headfirst down the hill. What also baffled the investigators was what the child was why the child was naked. I was just wrote a co- I wrote, yep. just wrote a note about that. Although it's possible that hyperthermia had set in, he had taken off all his clothes as his body would have begun to feel increasingly hotter. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about yeah. hypothermia. Yeah. He must have then very neatly, for such a young child, piled his clothes tidily besides him. The doctor all agreed that had not that had he not been found, he would have deteriorated and died very quickly. <clears throat> As a little boy recovered in the hospital, he told his that his mother was now in heaven, and he began to tell his grandmother that he had left the car and climbed up the steep hill and down again. So he'd come up and up and down the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, this shocked his grandmother, who hardly believed that this could have been possible. Kingston Glenner newspaper said his grandmother, Karen Nichols Daniels, told them he said there was a tree lying on his mommy, and he said he couldn't open the door. The little boy continued to explain that at the time he saw a bright ball of light floating above him. In the light, he said he could see the silhouette of a woman's figure. The deputy sheriff told reporters, I think something special happened here. It's almost like a miracle. It's a whole series of events that I can't explain. I just don't have the answers. His grandmother had her own story, too. She explained that in the days her daughter was missing, she'd been having a reoccurring dream in which her daughter was calling out to her from the road. Hmm. Meanwhile... Deborah Hoyt and her husband continued to insist that the body they'd seen on the road uh, had really been there. I saw a naked lady lying on the road. Her face was towards me on her side, her knees bent slightly and one arm under her head. So all those things like the, the beam of light, mm-hmm. the ball of light, keep, keep that kind of in your mind for it's a like, while. I'm thinking angel or something. Me too. I'm thinking it was his mom. I got like tingles on the mm-hmm. back of my head from that. Yeah. So in another case, uh, this is the second second incident. The, in another case where Madera County Sheriff Corporal Chris Williams saw a Facebook post made by the Gorb family, he immediately made contact with them asking for more information. And soon he would be taking Jacob Gorb and their three-year-old son, Caden, back to the scene of their family's picnic. It all begun when Jacob and his wife, Victoria, decided to take their three children and four-wheeler up to Shuddai Peak in the Saren, Saren National Forest. California in July 2021. At some point, they stopped to eat lunch, and according to KMPH News, that's when the three, the couple's three-year-old son, Caden, began talking to someone. <clears throat> he was just in our car, and he was pointing out to a certain spot in the meadows. His mom said. He said that uh, he told his parents there was a woman lying face down with her legs straight up in the air in a nearby meadow. According to Karen, the woman was, uh, or to Caden, the woman was unable to speak or move and needed help. I got goosebumps, the mom said. The little boy told his parents, there's a lady over in the meadow in a black shirt. She needs our help, but she's dead and she's lying face down with her legs up and can't talk to me, but she's over there. We need to go help her. Face down with their legs up? Yeah. I that thought, means they're like. Yeah, she's like 
Maybe your legs are just like, like feet are in the air. Like, something. If your bent knees are bent or something. I don't know. Um, I lost my place a little bit. Um, his parents looked across the meadow to where Caden was pointing, but they could see no woman. Trust me, trust me, the little boy kept saying, insisting that the woman was there. His mother said he was adamant that we needed to help her, and he described her down to her blue hair. He said, she has a black shirt, blue jeans, and blue hair, Mom. His mother and father were so shaken by what their three-year-old was saying that they made the decision to leave the area and return home immediately, ending their day trip early. When they got home, Mr. and Mrs. Gorba made a, fa- a post on Facebook about what had happened. They explained, we put it on Facebook to see if anybody knew anything about the area and to come find out there was a lady missing within a five-mile radius of where we were with the description that he gave us. The lady in question was 54-year-old Sarah Hughes, who disappeared in June 2020. Newspapers say, according to Victoria, her three-year-old detailed description of the woman's hair and clothing was identical to the description of Hughes. Um, Caden had confirmed the matching identity from three out of four photos of Sarah that her mother had found online. And the clothing description Caden had given of the woman he uh, said was lying in the field matched identically to the clothes Sarah Hughes had been wearing when she vanished. That's the exact description of her when she went missing, said Victoria. He described her down to her blue hair, black shirt, and blue jeans. Mm-hmm. How old is Caden again? Like three. three? Mm-hmm. Jeez. When Madera County Sheriff Corporal Chris Wallace came to the Facebook post, he contacted the family. Victoria said William told them, hey, we want more information, and we want to bring you guys up there and see if you could point us in the direction. A day or so later, the sheriff went with Caden and his father back to the meadow, but the sheriff could see no dead woman, no dead woman there. When Sarah Hughes disappeared, Mariposa Gazette said she left behind an abandoned campsite, a crashed car, a misplaced sleeping bag, and a couple of uh, a couple of sightings. Um, there are some of the clues authorities are still working with as they search for the woman missing somewhere in the forest above Bass Lake. In 2022, reporter Kelly Flanagan wrote an update. It's been two years since Sandra Sandy Jones Hughes vanished in Madera County, leaving behind her vehicle and some belongings along with an unsolved mystery. Madera County Sheriff Office uh, confirmed the circumstances of her disappearance are unclear. The reporter describes the lead up to Hughes's disappearance. An experienced outdoor enthusiast, Hughes, 54, was camping solo in the summer of 2020. Hughes was last in touch with family on June 26, 2020. The avid outdoor woman was camped in a the, the avid outdoors woman was camped in a remote area near, John, near Johnson's Meadow. Authorities said hikers found her abandoned gear and supplies strewn about her campsite on July 2nd, 2020, which included her tent. Her family told reporters Hughes was organized and tidy and would not leave would not leave belongings in a disheveled state. Her car was located off-road 5S70, while the camp was located off-road 5S13. Her niece, Ashley Muckus, told Action News she trained in outdoor survival. She trained for it. She would never leave her campsite a mess. Even a piece of litter on the ground would bother her. So there's so much that happened that the family, that we, there's so much that happened that the family can't explain it. Her niece says it appears that Hughes lost control while driving and her car hit a tree. ABC reported Hughes was reportedly seen by a passerby who told investigators that Hughes said she was okay before walking off. Her nurse, or her niece, made online posts asking for help in locating her aunt. There are search teams out now in helicopters. The campsite found in the Johnson Meadow area with her belongings was quite disheveled. 
things thrown about all over, almost as if her car and belongings had been emptied carelessly. Then, this Sunday, August 9th, two hunters saw a woman leaning against a tree. The location was along Road 5S01 near Basor Road. She did not wave them down, attempt to contact, or appear distressed. She's hanging out. Upon returning, they recognized her from a missing person flyer and contacted us. She, she appeared to be visibly thinner than her last known photos, uh, a later post says. Uh, deputies and volunteers came to help. California Air National Guard is also assisting with the aerial searches. They thoroughly searched both. They thoroughly searched both areas and conducted interviews in the past two days, but not have made contact with Sarah. Furthermore, they have not had any additional reported sightings. Sarah Hughes is still missing. So it's kind of weird. Like, okay, so yeah, she hit a, she hit a tree, which that doesn't make any sense. The second story part of that, yeah, like. Like they're was trying there to foul play. Well, was they're trying to like, going on? I guess piece, which makes sense, right? You piece together mm -hmm. the occurrences, right? So she crashed her on, car on these different forest roads, and the, I and mean, from, all of her stuff's from everywhere. One was in thirteen. What was it? One was five S thirteen. One was five S seventy. One was five S oh one. So it wasn't a small amount of space. It was a pretty it's good distance. Yeah, if you ever been out in the mountains, forest yeah. roads and stuff like that, service roads, whatever, yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, they go up in between ranges and right. stuff like that. So, so to find her camp gear at one, her car at another, a tree at another and one. then seen at a totally different one. And when they saw it, when the hunter saw her, she wasn't distressed. She, she, just, she was just chilling out. So it's kind of like. And hmm. then the little kid and Caden. And Caden, um, that he saw her in this meadow. With her feet up or whatever. Yeah. Just chilling. It, I mean, I don't know. It she gives me goosebumps because he knew she was dead, mm -hmm. but she still needed help. So interesting. Because so going back to the first story, that yeah. one was that's pretty interesting. And the fact that they found the kid alive. Yes. After five days. Well, after five days and with several people having visions of some sort in that area. Right. That so spot. that first lady had that dream that compelled her to go. Mm -hmm. And then they saw he saw the orb. Well, no, the, the, that lady and her husband saw the dead woman on the road yeah, yeah. right in the area where the accident was. Um, it's kind of cool. Like, it literally was the mom beyond the grave just looking for somebody to intercept like her and go and like she find it. she dragged herself. Yeah. She she made herself a landmark yeah. so that they could find the crash. And step by step. Right. But because probably it was nighttime, they didn't look down. Ooh, they probably didn't yeah. even know there was an embankment because it was so dark. Um, but it at least spurred another cop on, cop on to go out there and find the shoe and find the. Mm -hmm. I do think, like you said, that the orb was about the ball of light was Something an angel. Like that. Yeah. Somebody looked, I still think it's kind of weird that his him. clothes were folded neatly. Well, so hyperthermia, that's one of the things that happens. Your brain, you start shutting down. Right. And all of your warmth goes to your core to keep your organs warm. Okay. So you're starting to, you've lost feeling in your fingers, your toes, everything. And you think you're, you're hot. hot. It is part of your brain protecting itself. It's shutting down. Right. Right. And that's that's past being able to do jumping but jacks and stuff. The part and that's weird. People start stripping their clothes off. Yeah. It's just how it goes. But what's weird is the folded part. I get why he probably took them off like he got hold, but like what it said he was three? Yeah. I like don't what know. three year old folds their clothes? I don't even fold my clothes. I know. So. Oh, I know. So but that was my story. Thank you so yeah. much. Those those were interesting ones. Sierra Nevadas.
Yeah. Yep. And that's the reason why these two were put together because it all happened basically in the same, in the same area. area. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much. That was no, awesome to share. You. Just a cool couple stories kind of in the same story. But yeah. thank you guys so much. Be sure to go out, like, subscribe to the show. Yes, please. And we will see you next time. Bye, thank guys. Thank you very much. Have a great week. See ya.